When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. It was interesting just to see, you know, you don't sit back and watch NFL football at, at, a, at a hole on a Sunday very often. So uh, it's always telling what you observe and whether it's the situational things that come up at the end of halves and end of games, whether it's... Uh, um, you know, the ups and down of play you see throughout the league and really some uh, the, the difficulty to predict what's going to happen because anything can happen and you're just reminded of that as you watch and you're not playing. Is the leader of this 5-1 and one football team coming out of the bye. Love that stocking cap, man. We're getting into, like, uh, stocking cap season here. Oh, yeah, here. love stocking cap Big season. stocking cap guy, mm-hmm. too. Just wear them all day long. Mm-hmm. Don't wash the hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also we're kind of getting into the grind part two of the season where you're a quarterback, you just show up with your hoodie, your stocking yep. cap, you you go to war at practice, you watch film, don't come, shave. come back, don't shave. Quit shaving for a few days, absolutely. Yeah. Although Kirk looked pretty clean shaven yeah, there. Obviously. Give him credit for always being the, the corporate quarterback. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a damn Super Bowl before we die. Uh, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad over there on the YouTube channel, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. You can find us on the YouTube channel. If that's where you're watching, please click subscribe. And also on Apple, Spotify, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review. It helps spread the word about this amazing Vikings community that you guys are helping us build. Uh, Before we get into the state of the offense, a shout-out to our friends over at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. And keep showing us your cans, your Before I Die cans of Surly, too. Boys, you know what? It is Thursday. The weekend is almost upon us, and that means it is time, especially with the Vikings playing on Sunday, to head to your liquor store in the next couple days and make sure that you are stocked up on Surly. Perhaps, as Phil just said, that's a before I die. Perhaps it's a furious, a logic bomb. I could go down the list, but more importantly, make sure that you have a fridge full of Surly for the football weekend to come because you can never go wrong. It's a winning play when Surly is in the refrigerator. Hot wow. take. Well, I'll give you an actual hot take after my uh, fumble on Monday. Thursday. I feel there's no need to go back to that anymore. Thursday, second best day of the week. Be better than Saturday, better than Sunday. Thursday, you know what? second best day of the week. I like Thursdays. I'm not even going to debate your take. I'm like, just going to applaud you. I like Thursdays. That was absolutely it. That was a take. 
That was a I like Thursdays. Yeah. I love Thursdays, too. I have more pep in my step on a Thursday than, oh, like, yeah. on a Tuesday. Oh, I love Mondays, too. In this business, Mondays are great because yeah. you're just, like, you have a million things yep. to react to, and you're all hopped yep. up from a game. Tuesday is the worst day of the week, in my opinion. The worst. I loathe a Tuesday. As long as you it. wake up. As long as you wake oh. up on Tuesday, it's yes. a good day. As long as I'm not dead. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly good, right. It's good exactly out. Exactly right. It's good out. Wow. Judd getting really existential yeah, right there. For, yeah. That's mean. Anyway, pick moment. up your Shirley. Bye. <laughs> All right, it's time for the state of the offense deep dive here. As we do every Thursday, later on, we're going to get to what are people saying about the Vikings? Are they buying into the 5-1 and one start around the country? And also a random Viking of the week. But let's start with the overall snapshot, which is similar to last week. Obviously, the Vikings didn't play a game. Uh, but there was a couple tweaks in the rankings based on how other teams fared. So overall snapshot of this offense. Points per game, 13th. I think they were like 15th, so there must have been a couple... Teams above them scoring's that just down. didn't score. Yeah, mm-hmm. scoring is definitely down. So by just not playing, they moved up from like 15th to 13th in points per game. Okay. Uh, yards per play, they are 15th. For context, that's tied with the Falcons and three spots behind the Browns. I think before the season, we all would have said, you got a better offense than the Falcons and the Browns, right? Come on. So something to get better at. DVOA, Football Outsiders DVOA, which is sort of putting everything you do into context, situational yards and things like that, strength of schedule. They are 14th offensively and expected points added, which is a front office analytic commonly used. They are 13th. So those four categories, they rank 13th, 13th, 14th, and 15th offensively after the bye week. Um, A little disappointing, but again, points are down. And and because I, I've been on the uh, pretty consistent uh, basis here of saying that I do believe that, that the offense is a work in progress, I do expect that in the next month or so, all of those categories will improve because I think coming out of, of the bye, starting with the head coach, that you should be optimistic that this team is going to progress, not regress. So I would like to see many of those stats get in, In I think it's fair to say, top 10. Yeah. Yes, I think, I don't think anyone signed up for, hey, Kevin O'Connell's coming on board, and uh, they're going to revamp this thing into a modern offense, and it's going to be like 13th. Right. I think all of us would have, I don't know what we all would have been happy with, but for me it would have been something closer to top five. I, I, if you would have said eighth, I would have said, okay. I can live with eighth. Mm-hmm. We're splitting some hairs here, but I think it's the room to grow and what's been encouraging of what they're doing. You know, in terms of the eleven personnel, how many times they're passing on first. It's the philosophies that they've changed that I have liked. And even though maybe the result on a ranking scale is, you could say, disappointing, it's the philosophies and the things that they're installing that I think are so encouraging that it makes the fourteenth not as lackluster as it looks on paper. Yeah. Yes, it feels like. It feels like they're doing the right things and they just haven't hit on it to the level that they're going to yet. But let's get into the four categories of discussion here on today's State of the Offense, starting with this category. It's called Christian Bleeping Derisaw. And the uh, executive summary of these statistics here are, he's really bleeping good. So here's some Christian Derisaw facts for you guys. He's ranked sixth among all tackles in PFF pass protection grade. So, you know, one thing, you know, the Vikings have always been like a pretty decent run blocking offensive line and like 
they've had some left tackles that struggled in pass protection but can maul you a little bit in in run blocking. Well, Derisaw is really good at both. He's actually better as a pass protector than he is as a run blocker, and he's good as a run blocker too. So this is we're not really used. This is like Bryant McKinney is probably the last guy we saw that was this level good. Maybe first year Matt Khalil. He's taken zero penalties this season so far. He has allowed eight pressures all season. So basically like one pressure a game, but zero sacks credited to Christian Derrissaw. And maybe the best of all the numbers, he will not be a free agent until 2026. Yep. His cap hit is currently $18 million less than the top left tackles in the NFL. Yep. And they don't have to deal with that for a handful more years. They just have this incredible top 10 offensive tackle, as of right now anyways, on a rookie-scale contract, protecting Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he he will be he'll be eligible for an extension if they, they want to broach that, what, in a couple of years? Because that, that's, right? that's the Jefferson thing, yeah. where he, he's going to get paid uh, this spring or summer. But that being said, yes, this feels like the first time that the Vikings have found a long-term, and I think this is the keywords, the long-term solution since, and I know he could be a screw-up, but McKinney was damn good. Uh, Khalil, we thought, most certainly, with where he was drafted, was going to be that guy. He was not. But, you know, Riley Reef. now, I'm not trying to say that that he was comparable to Derrissaw, because he certainly was not. Riley Reef wasn't a train wreck, but you knew it was a short-term thing. Uh, left tackle is one of those positions where I think you desperately want to draft a guy first round, plug him in, and he's there for eight years. Mm-hmm. Derisaw feels, and, and I've got a little bit of Khalil PTSD, so f- forgive me if I'm not assuming things already, but that being said, from what we have seen now a year plus in, Derisaw looks like the solution for a long time, and that is great news. It's uh. When you're talking about roster building, if you can get some of these elite positions on rookie scale contracts, it's the holy grail, right? And you yes. and right now, yes. if we say that quarterback, let's say quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver are the four most important positions in the NFL, the Vikings have half of those covered right now with Jefferson and um, and Derisa on rookie scale deals. Now they're going to have to pay for those guys at some point, like you said. You don't doesn't you don't just get to do that for ten years. Um, but the problem comes when you don't have you got those four positions, and you have to pay for all of them, and and then you wind up with salary cap problems. Which the Vikings already do have salary cap problems, but it just makes it so much easier to build out the rest of your team. It's hard to find elite edge rushers and elite left tackle. So if you find one and he's cheap, all right, it makes it a little easier to go find a guard. Now I can overpay for a guard if needed in free agency, which they haven't done. But uh, all right, uh, we're not going to bring Bradbury back or something. Then we go pay $10 million for a center. It just gives you that flexibility. So I I think, too, when we talk about, you know, we always talk about rookie scale contracts with quarterbacks, but rookie scale contracts with franchise tackles is right up there. It's 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 so important to find one. I mean, you can you can kind of run through running backs, right? You can even run through some defensive players to a degree. But if you can you can get the most value possible out of a tackle and a quarterback on the rookie scale contract. I mean, that makes life from a salary cap perspective so much more easier. Yeah. And right now they're they're definitely 
overpaying to the cap relative to Cousins' performance because he has the third highest cap hit of any player in the NFL, but makes it you know makes it easier for you to operate as a franchise because you got these other guys on cheap deals. It balances yes. it out. And plus, it's just a, a such a key spot. Like it's such a key spot that if you don't have a good one, it's going to become apparent immediately. Cornerback you is probably not. another position yes. I would put in there. Yes, but I and mean, you got Dantzler, and if Booth gets healthy, you got those guys on rookie deals. So yeah. I think the best term is guys you can't hide. <laughs> yeah. Like you can hide a lot of guys, and it's like okay, he's not very good, but um, left tackle you can't hide that. Yes. So Christian Derrissaw. Really bleeping good. That's the first category. Rick yes. Spielman. Hope Thank you, Rick Spielman. He's going to get a job. I can feel Appreciate it. you, Rick. All right. The next category is just called deep passing. So this is this is the dive that I think we've been kind of deep passing. touching around this. And, you know, why don't they – do they have a number two receiver? So the, the executive summary here of my findings is that the Vikings do indeed have a major lack of deep threats. The numbers bear this out. Okay. So stick with me on this. It's a little bit of a deep dive. but. Only 6% of Vikings passes this year travel 20 yards or more in the air. That's what's classified as a deep pass. Does does the ball travel 20 yards or more in the air? The Vikings, only 6% of their attempted passes are classified as deep passes. 30th in the NFL. They've only hit six deep passes all season. After hitting 33 of them last year, that was 7th in the NFL. Of the six that they've hit this year... Jefferson has five. <laughs> yeah. So they don't have a deep passing game outside of Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne has the other one, by the way. So they just, and Jefferson's, he's, I mean, he is a deep threat. Don't get me wrong. But he's more of like just an all-encompassing threat. He's a, he's an intermediate master. He's not your classic deep threat. So he just because he's amazing at everything, he's going to pop up and get some deep balls. Yep. But they don't have anyone else, whether it's a receiver problem or a scheme problem or a Kirk Cousins problem. Uh, I don't know that it's a protection problem as much anymore. You just don't have time to throw the ball deep. I don't think that, I mean, sometimes, but I don't know that that's the, the thing anymore now that you've got Derrissaw and O'Neal and Ezra Cleveland's playing pretty well. Yeah. So let's really dissect this. Let's go into the meat and potatoes of the football of this problem uh, because I think it's extremely intriguing. And I think it's a multifaceted problem. So, we know, we all know on this show, we all know Kirk can make those throws. Like, that's not up for debate. He's great at those throws. He can't make that that deep throw. He's Teddy. No, he's got a really good arm. He can make those throws. Kirk and probably O'Connell to a certain point, their issue is how dangerous is the throw, which is based on a stat that, that you have referenced repeatedly on this show, Phil, which is separation. What's the separation? Because oh you're playing right into my third category. Kirk does not love to. Kirk can make a very tough, deep throw. But is he risk-adverse to making a throw that might be dangerous? Absolutely. We know that. It's not even a criticism. It's just a fact. So um, to go back to, and this is the this is a really in- interesting stat that you came up with a few weeks ago on Thielen. What's the separation? So, like, Jefferson's the one guy that can get it. But if I can put a top, if I can dome him, if I can put the shell on him, Jeez, look at you. I'm doming him in. I'm doming him in. He can't get the separation he wants because there's nobody else who's a threat there. So I think this is a multifaceted issue, which won't be taken care of until you find another at least perceived deep threat that Jefferson can play off of. And then then you have separation, and now Kirk will make that pass. 
Okay, I feel like I, I have to now include the third category because you've literally just like walked up to the tee box, put a ball on a tee, and handed me my driver. So, so Adam Thielen is the third category. And I think the executive summary of the category is a question. Is the sun setting on Adam Thielen is my question. I'll just jump right to the number that you want me to throw out. They do track average separation on pro football focus. They literally have like, like Jefferson is among the league leaders in average yards of separation at the time of the incompletion or the completion, whatever it is. Yep. Adam Thielen, five years ago, Adam Thielen at his peak was eighth in the NFL in average yards route per run. He's now down to 71st. On separation, he's 110th this season in the NFL in average separation. Mm. That's, that includes tight ends and mm. wide receivers. Wow. 110th in average separation. Now, I will say, five years ago, when he was 8th in the NFL in yards per route run, which is, that's a good gauge for just how dominant you are. You're going to be out there for like 60 plays. You're going to run 30 routes. Right. You know, how many route, how many yards per route run? And it's always a who's who of like the best receivers in the league are at the top. And he was, for a couple years, one of the best. Five years ago, he was ahead of OBJ in that category, Diggs, uh, uh, AJ Green in his prime. So he's gone from eighth in yards per route run to 71st. But he's never been elite at getting separation. He's been fine, and he gets separation, but he's never been a guy that, like, like Jefferson gets crazy separation. Yeah. He Diggs sense. gets crazy separation. Yep. Thielen gets some separation in his career, but he's always been, like, a close quarters catch the ball guy more than anything else. He just has such reliable hands. Uh, but even then, like, to be 110th this year in average yards of separation is not a not a great sign. Um I'll go back to the deep threat thing, too. So, you know, we said that you know, the Vikings just aren't throwing many deep passes, and they're not completing many deep passes. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, Adam Thielen led the Vikings in deep catches. Yes. He averaged about one per game. Um, so it, it's it's never been like his forte, but it's definitely something that he had in terms of a club in his bag. Now, on the flip side... Alex Boone, who I trust as a film watcher more than any of us mm-hmm. and like more than most media members because he's been in the game in the trenches, which you can find that on Purple Daily every week. Um, he said he thinks Thielen's open quite a bit, and for whatever reason, he's just not getting the ball. So it's it's there's some erosion, but there's just an issue with him. He's getting open more than the numbers would bear out, and he's just not getting thrown the ball. So is it is it then a Kirk thing? Is it a progressions thing where he's open, but he's like the third guy on the read? I don't, this is where I don't know. So I guess to pull all the, put all this together, the Vikings lack a deep threat. Thielen himself is just not getting nearly as much separation as he has in the past. But smart people like Boone say he's actually open more than you think, but he's not getting the ball. Is he open underneath a lot? And, and, what's, the, and what's the window? Because again, Kirk's not going to make throws. Yeah into windows that he doesn't trust. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think the one thing that's safe to say is this. Adam Thielen most definitely has a role on this team. So nobody's implying he should be caught. He has a role in the red zone. He can red be spectacular. Zone, great hands. Absolutely. The man has great hands. That being said, 
I think it's also very safe to make the statement that the Vikings lack the ability to stretch the field because they don't have somebody opposite Jefferson. Yep. Now, you might ask, well, why can't K.J. Osborne be that guy? I mean, K.J. Osborne ran like a four, four-and-a-half, 40-yard dash coming out of yep. college, a pretty fast guy. Yep. Um, K.J. Osborne, I'm not going to go super in the weeds here, but does get decent separation as measured by pro football focus. But is that separation on intermediate routes, short routes? Is he getting separation down the field? I don't have a breakdown of that context. I guess my takeaway on K.J. Osborne is he is also a good component I don't know that he's going to be this elite, like number two wide receiver. I guess number two wide receivers aren't elite, but you know what I'm saying. Like, if KJ Osborne was meant to be the number two guy on this team yes. and the deep threat, it would have surfaced more by now. I think. Correct. Agree completely. Yeah. Um, until O'Connell starts to do things that make no sense, I'm going to trust he knows what he's watching. Uh, we all saw. I thought KJ Osborne had a great camp. So I, I expected more. We haven't gotten more. We've gotten some. Uh, I'm going to assume that, that a guy who comes from an offensive background is doing that with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Not because he said, K.J. Osborne had a great training camp. Think I won't use him. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of, and, you know, I'll throw Jalen Rager in the mix. As people do ask, hey, they did trade for Jalen Rager. Is there any, he's fast. Is there anyone that any way that he could be more involved offensively. I think if he is more involved, it's going to be more on just underneath trinket plays, underneath stuff. He's a gimmick guy. And and look, don't underestimate the fact that when they made that trade, they were desperate for a guy to return punts. Yeah. Like that makes a difference. That's not a non-starter there. Yeah. And and we brought this up earlier in the week, but just to throw even more numbers at you, uh, he's terrible at catching deep passes in his career. He's five of 24 on deep throws. You know, is there an accuracy issue? I don't know. But so that's that's kind of the summation of where they're at. Deep passing, number two threats, everything in those last two categories. And then I'll give you the fourth category here, which is uh, fourth down offense. Executive summary of this finding is that the Vikings should go for it more often. So they have the highest fourth down success rate in the NFL, 75%. This is interesting. But they've only gone for it four times. They're three of four on fourth down. The Cardinals, by contrast, coming in here on Sunday, go for it on average four to five times a game. <laughs> do you guys do you guys recall that um, it was a post game press conference? I forget if it was the Dolphins game or the game before that. And this is true, and I, I think it's been one of the most surprising things about O'Connell. And he sort of mocked himself, uh, but he said something along the lines of, "Our analytics guys get frustrated with me at times because I do stuff by gut." Yeah. And that was a really interesting, and but it's partially true. He is he is much less by the book than I expected. He clearly does some stuff strictly. It looks like by feel, which I didn't think. I'm actually see. I actually like that. I, I don't mind at all. I'm just saying it's interesting. There are some coaches like PJ Fleck is this for the Gophers that just kind of ignore analytics in situations where it's like yeah. no you you need you need to do this analytically. I think if if analytics are slapping Kevin O'Connell in the face saying, no, we need to go for it, he will will at least take in the information and and make the decision. But it can't just be, I mean, the Twins front office is very guilty of this. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock first pitch, and they've made a bunch of decisions already without taking any account of feel for the game. This part of the lineup looks off. 
this pitcher is way better with his curveball than we would have thought tonight. Like maybe third time through the order is going to work. They make the decision at two o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're Kevin O'Connell and you're going to take in all the analytical information, but then use your gut to say, ah, I don't like the way that our offense is operating these last three drives. Therefore, I don't think we should go for it now. I'm going to pin the pin the the opposing team back deep. I'm okay with him sprinkling in some of that. There's other guys like Declan's favorite coach, Brandon Staley, is only going by <laughs> analytics and just going for it all He's the time. Just nuts. We must go for it. Never punt. <laughs> yep. So yeah, yeah, I don't think you have to go for it every time, but maybe more than four times in the first six games. I think there's room to Mike Mike Zimmer was much more aggressive than this on fourth down as an old codger head coach. So the one thing I think might change this a bit is this one. So Joseph is what, one of four from 50-plus yards? One of five. Okay, one of five. I wonder if during the self-scout um, they have come to the conclusion, because, like, that's prime goal for territory. Like, that's the perfect place, right? I wonder if they're going to come back now and say, you know what, it doesn't really make sense to be one of six, one of seven. Like, it, it's not it because he's their guy. They're not helping him by doing this. It would be nice, and I'm with Phil on this. He should make those kicks, but he has not. That, to me, is the prime space now to say, okay, the next time that it's fourth and three, we're going for it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep. Take that into account. Absolutely. And shut the damn windows in the stadium, okay? (laughs) Shut the windows. Shut the windows. Shut the damn windows. (laughs) Somebody shut those doors. Uh, Our doors are open here. In the early part of 2023 on Purple Daily and on Mackie and Judd and on Score North just as a whole for a few more advertising partners as we look to expand this community and expand uh, this thing that we are building here. Thanks to all of you guys. So if you run a business out there and you want to spread the word about your business and you want to strike up a conversation about how that could work with us, please email me pmackey at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R North. Pmackey at scorenorth.com, and uh, we'll see what we can strike up for for your business. Um, one of the businesses we love being partnered with is Finch Home Solutions because, uh, you know, they save us from being idiots around the house. And right now, those prospective clients are saying, show us how it works, boys. How is it going to work for my company? And I'm going to tell you right now because I'm going to combine two into one. All right. It's the weekend. It's Friday, Saturday. You got your, you got your surly. And now you're thinking to yourself, it's fall, it's getting chilly outside. I'd like somewhere warm and comfortable to sit. Where can it be? I got the answer for you. Our friends at Finch Home Solutions know that you need a hot tub because you're going to go sit oh, in yeah. that hot tub outside and you're going to soak in it. It's going to be so nice. But you know what? When when you start to research the project, you're going to find that you need some electrical help there, installation to get that hot tub in. And that's where, where my friend Cody and Finch Home Solutions comes in because they can come to your house they do a great job get all of that work done safely and now now it's a month from now on a friday night and you are soaking in that hot tub and you are so comfortable and sipping on that surly it's delicious and you know why because my friend cody and finch home solutions has taken care of what you need taken care of finchhomesolutions.com check them out finchhomesolutions.com that is what we give our advertisers i'll tell you what it is judd wasn't able to do reads for two days because of his voice and now they're just all pented up he doesn't he hasn't been able to I do, do that i want to talk about finch home solutions i want to talk about Surly. okay if you could limit the amount of times you say the word soak actually i don't that's just, that word is i don't know hot about that soak? Word. i love us i love a hot tub 
big hot tub guy. I've never thought of soak in a hot tub as being like a weird thing. Some people are like triggered by the word moist. I don't, I don't yeah, that's that. true. That's I true. I don't have a problem with that one. The word soak is a close cousin. I don't know. Hmm. There's something about it. Really? Yeah, never, never thought of it that way. Not that Very that should deter people from anyway. working with Finch Home Solutions. But um, all right, let's get into what are people saying about the Minnesota Vikings here on this Purple Daily episode. A friend of ours, Arif Hassan, uh, is now writing for Pro Football Network. Okay. And he, so he used to cover the Vikings for the Athletic, and he jumped midseason to go write more national football stuff for Pro Football Network. And he has a piece, it's entitled, The Minnesota Vikings and New York Giants are winning with an ugly brand of football, leading critics to ask if their play is sustainable. So this write-up uses some analytics and some some different things under the hood to ask to what extent are the Vikings and Giants for real as one-loss football teams at this point. I'm just going to read some of this to you, and you guys can respond as you wish. The Vikings and Giants, uh, with only one loss each after seven weeks of football, are in control of their seasons with a clear path to the playoffs. But the conversation surrounding both teams is skeptical. Their ugly play close games, and win in the fourth quarter style instead of the first raises questions. They don't just like put teams away and coast to easy victories, right? We can look at one key measurement that tries to identify consistency, and this is called drive success rate, okay? I like this. I like like learning about, and by the way, front offices use this stuff too, so I I like learning about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So drive success rate is basically... You know, if you converted a first down, let's say you start the ball at the 25-yard line and you get a first down, and then you get another first down, and then you and then you punt, your drive success rate there would be uh, 66%, right? Two out of three. You get two, two ch- three chances at a first down, yep. and you wound up with uh, two first downs out of three on the drive. So... Um, a touchdown is also success. A field settling for a field goal would be not a success. So basically, like uh, if a team converts four first downs on their drive and then kicks a field goal, they would be four out of five on that drive in terms of moving the chains. If they score a touchdown, they'd be five out of five. So your success rate would be a thousand or a hundred percent. That makes sense. So what they look for is offensively, how successful are you at keeping the chains moving? And defensively, how successfully you are, are you at preventing the chains from being moved? And they take the net between those two things, and they rank teams. And the Vikings and the Giants are 21st and 22nd, which is obviously worse than their records are ranked, which is number two and number three in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's some other under-the-hood things in here, too, that just talk about how unsustainable the first six games are and the first seven for the Giants, first six for the Vikings, first seven for the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question to you is the analytics are screaming regression. They're going to lose games. They're going to they're gonna go on a three-game losing streak or something at some point. Right. Are you trusting that or are you trusting self-scout week? Um combination of things because i don't think i don't think that what you just went through from a reef is wrong like i, I think that there's well, some, it's factually correct yes yeah. there, there, there are but i mean there's valid concerns there too like i wouldn't dismiss them and say oh come on 
Uh, what I would say is this. One is I think this is why that it would be very smart to understand that you are probably somewhat fortunate to be five and one and to and to make a trade to bolster areas which need to be bolstered because there definitely are. Um, I also would say this, though. But the analytics can't, they do not have the capability to include is this, the rest of the league's strength, okay? So let's say there were three other, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, Eagles, they are good. Let's say the Saints were really good too. And then let's say the 49ers were looking great, kicking people's asses like they used to. I would say, okay, you're going to run into one of those teams and you're probably toast. But now we've got it down to one team, Philadelphia. Um, There is no way that I can look at, there's no way that I can predict regression when, especially if you strengthen your own team, when the rest of your schedule has opportunities to win. Like, I mean, common sense says the rest of the schedule is not that tough. And unless somebody, unless teams get real, you you know, I mean, that Patriots game at one time looked incredibly tough. The Bears just went and spanked them, (laughs) spanked them. So I think the, analytics tell you things that should be listened to and certainly addressed, but what they can apply to is that there's this, this weird window in this conference this year that allows you, if you do the right thing to certainly continue your success. Now, I think the counter there would be, yeah, but there's a bunch of other teams in the NFC that also are looking at their schedules and saying, Oh, this isn't that bad. That's correct. So in a vacuum, yeah, well, the Vikings should be able to write some of these with a bunch of home games and, you know, games against, well, they have a game against the Giants, which is funny. It's like two teams that are supposed to regress are going to face each other. And now a, that game's super exciting. That's weeks. so funny. It legitimately could get flexed to, a like, a prime window. Oh, of heck yeah. Especially with the, anytime you can move the Giants to, like, a 3 o'clock start time yeah, or a prime just, time game. I just don't know with uh, it being a Saturday and on Christmas Eve if they're even. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they would do it. Put but. it on Christmas, you cowards. <laughs> Put it up against the Lakers or Can whoever you the hell's if playing. you flex to Christmas? <laughs> the ultimate flex. We don't care about your families. We don't care about your religion or Santa Claus. We're going to put football, right? If they the did, I, I, I would peace out. I'd be like, hey, Don, I'm out. No Christmas for us. See ya. It's football time. Um, I think I think I definitely, I mean, it's hard to disagree with facts here in this yes. case, which is that teams that profile the way that the Vikings and the Giants do analytically don't generally sustain their success. And so it's up to the Vikings. And Kevin O'Connell's been alluding to this all week, or at least in his main press conference uh, that he did after the bye. Just, yeah, we... We're five and one, but that doesn't really matter. And he's saying it more from a cliche standpoint, but it doesn't matter. The Vi- the Vikings are fortunate to be five and one. They've created some of their own fortune by just playing well late in some games and having some game winning drives. But there's a lot of good fortune on their side for why they're five and one that you can't expect to be there the rest of the season necessarily. In fact, there's probably going to be some bad fortune. There might be an injury. There might be a you know a terrible turnover or something late in the game. So can you can you combat regression with just right. being better in some certain area? Can you get more pressure with Daniil Hunter than you have the first six games? Can you find a, a number two wide receiver threat that hasn't been there so far this season? Like there's yep. there's things they can pretty. E- I mean, Kirk Cousins is so far having one of the worst statistical seasons of his career. Can he take a step forward in some certain areas? And I think the answer is yes. In all of like, I would bet on Daniil Hunter. I would bet actually on Kirk Cousins getting better. Um, the number two receiver thing, maybe they have to make a trade, but I would 
I would bet against what the analytics are saying more than I would in in normal circumstances here. How much do you guys think the the um, instability of th- this league plays a role too? Because I think all sports certainly, as seasons progress, have instability. I think football might be the top one though, and and by instability, I, I mean like right now the Patriots don't look good. By the time you play them. They could look good. That's a good point. Yeah. It feels the it Jets feels, could tank by the time you play them, exactly. Or, or the Packers could be back to being the Packers. It know, feels January like 1st. the it feels like the biggest general pendulum swings come in this league. Yeah, from month to month. Well, look at last year. Like you get the Cardinals the first seven weeks of the season last year. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, look out! You get them in early December, and you're right. begging to play them. I actually don't know what to think about this week's game against the Cardinals yet, and we'll flesh that out in our picks episode this week but I actually think this is a a pretty good time to get the Cardinals even though they just dropped 40 points on the Saints because I just don't think they're consistent enough it makes me feel better that they put out a huge performance last game because I don't think they're going to repeat it I think they're too volatile I'm not a Saints fan I I don't think they're they're good no like the Saints don't the Saints do nothing for me yeah um I I think Sean Payton was an outstanding coach too also, by the way, back to this back to this Giants and Vikings flex situation. Yeah. So week 16 is weird. So there's obviously the Thursday night game, which is Jaguars-Jets, which barf. Ugh. But on Saturday, oh, dude, there's... Dude, dude I, I'm, I'm all for that game. Yeah, oh, Jets. really? Okay. Yeah, uh, have fun. Yeah, the Jets are one of the best teams in the league record-wise. Trevor Lawrence, let's get it. All right, Jets and Jaguars daily. Uh, and then Saturday, December 24th, there's like six games. But the Sunday night game for Christmas Eve is Raiders at Steelers. That so could get flexed. Game. That could get flexed out. I'm saying you wait, could wait, wait. So th- th- that that game's on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. There's there's like five games on Christmas Eve on Saturday, and there's like four yeah. games on Christmas Day. I'm Got saying it. the Christmas Eve night game right now is Raiders at Steelers, and those teams aren't good. Yeah, dude. that and could that actually flexed. get flexed. And that yes. can't be because if that can be flexed, the you other are candidate would be U.S. Bank Stadium. The other candidate would be Eagles Cowboys, but I think right now that's the game of the week on Christmas Eve, and I'm guessing they wouldn't move the game of the week. It's probably protected. Yeah, that game is probably protected by Fox. But that Ra- Steelers Raiders game is going to be hot garbage. garbage. Or are they booking a hot garbage game, you. knowing that it's Christmas Eve and people aren't going to be watching as much television that night? National Football League takes a backseat to no one. No one yet. You know what? Who cares about Rudolph? He's just a bigger yeah. Let's flex it. Let's get some Christmas Eve action. Let's get it. I almost said like three things, and I'm like, I don't want to say those things. I'll I'll just get in trouble. Probably good. Get us fired? Probably good. Probably good. I'm not going to say Don't ruin it for the kids, Judd. Santa Claus is definitely real. <laughs> well, Santa Claus might be making his first stop at U.S. Bank Stadium that night. Why Why are the gifts late? Because Santa, Santa Claus stopped and watched Giants Vikings on NBC. Uh, it's hilarious. I think it's time for another episode of Random Viking of the Week here, oh, gentlemen, yeah. where we pit. Uh, here, I, can, uh, I wasn't on the right page here. Get fire the actual graphic. Uh-oh. Gotta see the the amazing yeah. graphics packages there you go. here. I got you. I got you. You got it. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah. there, there we go. go. There's like seven <laughs> buttons. There's two guys. I'm just ignoring this right now. Yeah. I got nothing to do with it. So, random Viking of the week, where we pit 
either myself or Declan up against Judd in a battle of wits here. Mm-hmm. To this point, all time, Judd has a 37-20 to 20 lead on Declan and myself. Although we're on a two-game winning streak. With Sam Bradford and Medea Williams also have, looks like, uh, four wins in our last six. Going back to Ray Edwards and Reese Lloyd. Judd has correctly nailed Greg Camarillo, Kelly Holcomb, Cadre Ismail, Brian Russell, and Jerome Simpson as his last five yep. correct guesses. Yeah, last weekend, by the way, or last week, by the way, the worst ever edition. Yeah, people, yeah, it, it took took it, ten minutes for you guys to it get was Sam Bradford, awful. and then you both lashed out at me this well, week, or maybe Declan did, saying, "Well, you." You no, misled us with the clues. The whole point is Declan, to mislead you with the clues. Declan lashed out at you. Okay. I did not say a so word. I, okay. I put my. So if I mislead you this entire time and it takes 10 minutes, it was a great addition of Random Bike in the Week? Is that, is that what we're going to say? We got to level up our game. Uh, okay. I personally embarrassed myself. Okay. All right. And I, I'd like to apologize for the whole Zolgad family, of which there's my sister, and that's it. And Dawn and Stella. But parents are dead, so don't have to apologize for them. <laughs> All of all of ours are now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to the club. For six on the show. Oh, for six on the show. But uh, um, so what's going to happen here is Declan's going to throw out a series of clues, and then we can get up to three incorrect guesses each before we are eliminated. We can ask him questions if we want to, and it's presented in part by our friends over at Federated. Uh, Federated's been around protecting businesses, much like our guy Darisaw has been protecting cousins this year. Yeah. Over a hundred years of experience, expertise and guidance, find out how they can help take your business to the next level at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, let's do this. All right, this random Viking of the Week played in 131 NFL games. 131 NFL games. I feel like this is going to be to spite Phil, so if that... Dex is like next going to be. This was this random Viking of the week was a man. This <laughs> random Viking of the you, week, right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> All right, was it uh, was played college football in the Big Ten? This random Viking of the week in high school was a Gatorade. Was the first Gatorade National Player of the Year? The first Gatorade National Player of the Year. Yep. yep. I didn't realize he was the first, but yes, he was. That's a clue. It is a clue, but I don't know what to do with that clue because I don't know when mm. the first Gatorade National Player of the Year. I don't mm. know. I, it could be 1970 or 2002, for all I know. Mm. Well, when was Gatorade invented? Wasn't it invented by Vince Lombardi? No, it was that invented by the Florida, Florida. University of Florida. Oh. Gators. Hence the Gator term. Oh, that's right. That's true. This is a Gatorade like daily. 50s or something. Um, I know my Gatorade. I like Gatorade. Just a low cal, though. Sure. Don't like the high cal. Too much sugar. This random Viking of the week played in just three NFL playoff games. Three NFL playoff games. 131 regular season games. Three NFL playoff games. I'm, I'm going to take a guess. Sure. I don't think it's right, but I'm, go- I'm going to take a guess. Because 131 games is a pretty good career, it feels like. Is it Chad Greenway? Is this the second straight week you've guessed Chad Greenway? It's not Chad Greenway. 
I didn't guess Greenway last week. I thought he was. I? Thought someone guessed him last. I mean, week. I might have. Last week's off. I, yeah, it's true. How I don't many know playoff that. games did he play? So he was a. So he would have played 08, 09, He played in two, and then he played. He played in probably five or six playoff games. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a guess. Okay. Jake Long. Okay. Okay. We each have a check marked against us. All right. This random Viking of the Week did dabble a little bit in media after he retired. Um, he made some occasional appearances on NFL Total Access. Back when Rich Eisen was on NFL Total Access, too, by the way, if that helps. Just occasional appearances. It wasn't like a necessarily a regular, but he made some appearances. This random Viking of the Week, his son played in two college football games against the Gophers within the last six years. Same position, too. All right. All right. I'm going to guess this feels... No. I'm sorry. I'm not going to guess. I, okay. I, there's no way he... There's Okay. I'm just going to okay. Wait, so his son <laughs> played in two games within the last six years against the golfers at the same position that this guy played. Uh-huh. This random Viking of the week is best friends, apparently, with Jason Whitlock. And he's written numerous columns about him. That guy's got bad taste. Yeah. This random Viking of the Week, even after appearing at NFL game, still claimed he could play for years afterwards. Is it Jeff George? Yes. Wow, dude. Wow, dude. Jeff Great George. Work. My next clue is going to be he Great was... Uh, so guys, that's a good clue. Went on fishing trips with, finally him, got a quarterback. with Randy Moss. Uh, Moss even said he was his favorite quarterback to throw to, or to be yeah. thrown by, whatever. That's a that's great. Um, Good one. Couple, Jason Whitlock uh, and Jeff George, huh? Really? Yeah, apparently. Probably very similar. Uh, they went to uh, they 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 played high school football oh, together. High school football together. That's why. Oh, um, okay. In his Wikipedia page, it says too, on appearance on Mike and Mike in the morning in 2007, he was interested in making a comeback with the Vikings. In 2007, yeah, kept, five years, six years after he was done playing, yeah, yeah. Don't, he tried to uh, he tried to reach out to, to the Vikings and it got out through that, and so I think it was Sean Jensen at the time of the Pioneer Press called or he called George, got the story, and then he asked he asked uh, Childress in a press conference, and Childress just like torched the idea and like had to apologize. He's like, That's right. I, I shouldn't have done that. I was just he just <laughs> absolutely. He's like. Just made he he basically mocked at Childress. Yeah, yeah that, that was funny. He also told uh, a local sports talk station that if Favre decided to hang it up in 2010, he would have come back to the Vikings too. Well, he he wouldn't have. Yeah, he wanted Jeff. To. He wanted to. How he really old wanted is Jeff to. Jeff George now. Uh, Jeff George yeah, is yeah, older. I got it. He's 54, and his son He's played quarterback at Illinois, so he played yes, the Gophers in 16-17. Right. He lost he both those um, games. Yeah, he wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, first Gatorade Player of the Year. First round, that first overall pick. I figured that'd be two of them. That should be a giveaway. Um, Congrats to Judd. But yeah. I'm back. On another victory. 
his 38th career victory in Random Viking of the Week. And that victory, I think you should celebrate by, uh, you know, honing your Livia regimen, potentially. Uh, you know what? That's a great idea because because down 40 pounds, and the most important thing is keeping it off, thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And, guys, I want to challenge you right now. I want to challenge you to drop 20 pounds by the end of the football season. Because guess what? You're on the couch now. It's getting cold. And you're probably thinking, well, I didn't lose weight by now. What's the bother? But I'm going to tell you right now, the Livia program and lifestyle, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, makes it so simple that by the end of the season, you can be down 20 pounds. Here's the best part. The first eight weeks is free. That's right. The first eight weeks is free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Inside the state or out, it doesn't matter. Your ticket to weight loss is the Livia plan. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. And tell them Purple Daily told you that you were on that weight loss challenge. So you've dropped that weight by the end of football season. Awesome, man. All right, that is a wrap on Purple Daily today. We'll be back with a little Feedback Friday episode tomorrow. And don't forget Vikings Vent Line, the place to be after every single Vikings game on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports, possibly even in the world, for all we know. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.